It's good to be with you guys. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, grab your Bibles. Go with me to John chapter 12. All right, uh, what, Paula, it's kind of interesting. Um, Paula and, and a lot of people always send me texts, hey, what are you going to cover? And I'm studying, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to title these things. Um, I always think just like John 12 is better than trying to come up with a title, but the passage itself talks about um, dealing with breakthrough from a hard heart. So we're going to just title this Breakthrough from a Hard Heart. Now, real quick, I just want to see where the room's at. How many of you have ever had anyone teach on what a hard heart is or how to get set free from a hard heart? A couple people. All right. Go with me. To, and so in John chapter 12, we're going to be down in verse um, Let's start in verse 37. The focus of our passage is actually going to be 40, but we'll start in verse 37. John chapter 12, verse 37. But though he had performed many signs before them, yet they were not believing in him. This was what was to be fulfilled through Isaiah the prophet, which was he spoke. Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason, they could not believe, for Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes, he has hardened their hearts, so that they would not see with their eyes and perceive with their hearts, and be converted, and I would heal them. All right. Our goal now is to work through what is God saying here to these people. So to introduce the concept of the passage, the passage is now saying, Jesus has just done another wave of um, healing the sick, doing signs and wonders, and the people are not responding. And what's beginning to happen is he, he's now addressing, so people are watching God do miracles. Why can't they respond properly to it? And he's going to begin to start talking about people's response to him moving in the midst of them and how their hearts respond to it. If you ever look at the concept of hardening of hearts, there's two ways that people's hearts become hardened. We actually see in Scripture that God will actually harden someone's heart. So we see Pharaoh. Pharaoh was in rebellion, and for God to fulfill his purpose through Pharaoh, one time he came to him through a series of hardening his heart and hardened his heart intentionally. Other times we see in Scripture that you and I harden our own hearts. And that's kind of the concept. Here, this one is actually saying, he's pulling a passage out of Isaiah, and he's saying, so what's God's response uh, when people are not getting what he's doing? What, what seems to be what we would call the passive? I, I believe it's the passive response of the Lord towards people when they do not recognize what he's doing. It's actually an effect that happens in them, and it's called the hardening of the heart. Okay, so let's, let's start working through the passage. We're going we're gonna to just stay in verse 40, and we're just going to kind of work through it as a group. First, let's take the idea of, it says, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts. So this actually, the word here, blinded, means they 
cannot see, not because it's not something observable, but it actually means it's a spiritual concept that the, it becomes obscure. They actually see something, but their ability to understand it gets confused by this thing that's going on in the hearts of men and women. Uh, any of us can go through this concept, and it's, it's actually interesting. The idea of being blinded carries the idea of being, ready? This is fascinating. The, the word for blinded in the Greek New Testament has several different meanings to it. And so the first one is this, it actually means to be enveloped with smoke. It means to be inflated with self-conceit. And the next definition means to be high-minded, full of pride, or to be proud. So what is he saying? What is he beginning to address here? God does a miracle in front of somebody. They cannot perceive it because inside their soul there's a blinding effect that's going on. The blinding effect is a revelation of the heart of the individual. Um, I'm always curious by this. I don't know if you guys ever think about this, but how come 10 people can uh, observe the same event and have 10 different responses? It's actually what's called the revelation of the condition of the heart of the individual. And the Bible actually, isn't this fascinating? It actually tells you when God does a work among a group of people, how people are responding to that work shows at what level of hardness they're at. Uh, have any of you been in the same place? I remember when I first got around this stuff, I could not perceive anything that was going on. My heart was so hard, and I knew that it was actually hard, and I'm like, how in the world do I get out of this mess? I mean, God does something, one, I don't know what he's doing, two, I have no idea how to enter in, and three, it frustrates me. So I was, I was manifesting a hard heart constantly. And the, and the idea of this word that we're going to look at is this idea of being um, consumed by smoke or being inflated with self-conceit. So... Now, in fact, this word even has a deeper meaning. Let's just go, keep going on the word blinded here just for a moment. It actually also means to be slowly consumed with smoke without a flame to where it overtakes a room. Now, isn't that interesting? To be blinded towards something, it actually means that there's an effect, and it's using a natural picture, just like Jesus talks about the heart, is like a home. And the home has to be filled with something. So either the heart is filled with the presence of Jesus, or it's filled with smoke of unbelief, or Jesus even says demons are living there. So isn't that great to know that we can have three different realities going on in our hearts? We can have the presence of the Lord, we can be filled of smoke, which is this pride and self-conceit, or we can have demonic spirits in our hearts. Well, we're working on the one where they're filled with this self-conceit. Now, to give you an idea of this concept, why this is so amazing, and why this needs to be broken in our lives and people that we minister to, go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, and I want to kind of work through that with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4.
Now, I want to begin to have a conversation with you about the country in you and, that you and I live in when it comes in regard to this passage and why most people in our nation, even though we're presenting the gospel, are not coming to him. And it's a form of hard-heartedness. Now, there's this assumption. It took me years. Are you guys ready? Um, I used to try to figure out how come there's so much money put in the Western church to preach the gospel and we see very little fruit. Is it because we're not doing a better job of marketing? Is it because we're not doing a better job of the presentation? And when I came here to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, it actually tells you the problem that you and I are running into. Now, it's going to begin to tell you that there's an activity that's going on, and this activity is actually instigated by the kingdom of darkness towards humanity. And it, and it begins to pick up this idea of hard-heartedness and how he actually instigates this in individuals. So look with me at verse uh, 3. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, Even if the gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the mind of unbelievers, so that they may not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So you see this concept? He, he blinded them. So here we have the blinding effect. What is this blinding effect? The enemy goes to people, in this passage at least, the enemy goes to people and he begins to get them to become full of themselves. Which means they think they know everything, they think they understand everything, even in the kingdom they see things and they think, I already know this, I don't need to be told things, and it's a form of pride. You guys ready? This term for blindedness means the giving ourselves to pride which creates this smoke. And now you do not have an ability to see reality the way it is because literally you're, you're wearing a mask of smoke in front of you so you cannot perceive anymore. Now this passage is actually saying the prince of the power of the air is actually doing this to people. That's why they're not coming to the Lord. Uh, how many of you pray for family members and you think, now how many years do I have to do this? Just, this is just uh, a side note just to help you in your prayer life. Don't keep praying for your family members to be saved. Break the power of the enemy that's blinding them so that Christ can be revealed to them. Uh, that's not a presentation. Jesus wants to bring them to him. Something is creating this blinding effect. At least in this passage, it's telling you the prince of power of the air actually goes to individuals, gets them to be full of pride so they cannot receive what the Lord is doing in a situation. Let's move back to our passage. But this one is talking about a specific individual is doing this intentionally. So can I actually come into a situation where God is moving and I can be so full of myself that it keeps me from actually seeing what's going on and then in the process of it, I'm entering into a hardening. And this is what the passage is beginning to talk to us about. So let's take the word for eyes here, which is interesting. This would actually be... Um, the idea of not just seeing in the natural, but the ability to actually, which is fascinating, perceive. So eyes here have to do with see. They've blinded their eyes. So they've now created through self-conceit and this idea of smoke or pride inside their own soul, they cannot perceive. 
It's not that it, it, it has nothing to do with an intellectual problem. It is based on the reality of a spiritual problem. They cannot perceive because the ability to perceive, they've clogged it up with their own self-conceit or pride. Um, I don't know if you guys ever do this. Where I guess I'm on this theme with everybody. But have you recognized that for you to have a breakthrough or for me to have a breakthrough in the kingdom... I don't keep praying for more revelation. I actually ask the Lord to deal with my pride. <laughs> and if I do that, I break into perceiving things in the kingdom. Now, see, when I say pride, everybody takes this wrong, like I'm saying, attack your identity. No, the Bible says you should know your biblical identity and you should be assured of that. I'm talking about this idea of resisting the things of the Lord that's the pride that the Bible is actually addressing. What causes you and I or anybody that has God doing something in the midst of what causes them to resist that? It's this issue that's going on in the heart. Now let's take the word hardening. Back to the passage. He has blinded their eyes and he has hardened their hearts. Okay. This actually, the word hardening is kind of interesting. It, it carries a couple meanings to it, and so we want to do it. What is the hardening of the heart? It actually means becoming insensitive. Uh, I, because of the history of uh, Bob and Janet, I'm going to just kind of talk to them. You guys can listen to our conversation. Um, do you guys remember when we used to function in the gifts and, and we got sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord and then when you don't do it for a while, it's like you lose that sensitivity? And we're always like, well, why is it I gained so much ground and now I'm not doing it? And it's like I've lost all this ground. This is the idea of the passage. When you are not constantly responding to the moving of the Holy Spirit, what happens is, you guys ready? The Bible's actually saying either you're moving in God or you're resisting God. There's no vacation land. And so when the Bible begins to have a conversation with you and I, and it says, all right, you have to go on with the Lord. You have to continually grow. The Bible's not saying, hey, that's a great suggestion. It's telling you once you start losing what you've gained in your sensitivity towards the Lord, you're not just stuck. You're literally going backwards into hardness. Uh, now, for you guys, um, each one of you have a certain area of breakthrough in the kingdom. Do you guys recognize you have to stay in that area to keep becoming sensitive to the presence of the Lord? It's, it's like literally... Um, if I can use a warfare analogy, it's like attacking a beach and establishing a beachhead and constantly moving forward. You have to think like that. You can actually, and I know that we do this periodically, but do you guys ever get in groups with Christians and you talk about what we call the glory days? Oh, yeah, I remember like 10 years ago, the power of the Lord, and, and everyone's like, well, is that going on now? No, but it was enough that it happened 10 years ago, and and we talk to each other, well, how are you doing now? Well, I hardly ever sense the presence of the Lord. But wasn't that great back then when all that used to happen? The Bible is actually pointing to a reality that the, the hardening becomes an insensitive. You become not sensitive to the presence of the Holy Spirit. And you guys ready? Also, another concept of the word hardening, this is kind of funny. Uh, and this is hard to say to a group of people. It means to become stupid. 
And now even to make it worse, it means to become fat. So when I was looking at the word, I'm like, fat? What does that mean? So are you guys getting it? Why is it giving these definitions to this word? Sensitivity means there's a nearness. When you ignore it, you create a layer. Now that the Lord has to work through, you become not fat in the physical sense. You become stagnant and a film starts developing over your soul to where you can't perceive it. And um, I used to have this pastor say, I used to think it was funny, but he was actually given the correct biblical term, sin, right? has a stupefying effect on the heart. Well, hardening your heart, you guys ready? It's not an offensive word. It's just a word of meaning, not the ability to perceive. It means you become stupid to the moving of the Lord. Now, you guys ready for this? Let's, let's use an illustration in the Old Testament to get this point across. How do you have 4.5 million people Watch God do one miracle after another, deliver them from an oppressive nation, take them out into the wilderness, have fire at night and a cloud during the day, and have miracle after miracle after miracle going on, and everybody just says, God's brought us out here to kill us. <laughs> it's the res- it isn't the supernatural. I always used to say this. Were you guys like this? I always said, if I could just do miracles in front of people, they would come to the Lord. Well, the Bible actually says you can do all the miracles you want, morning, noon, and night. It depends on their heart and how they're either resisting or receiving from the presence of the Lord. That's kind of scary, isn't it? And so now this, this term means that the heart, the hardness of the heart actually gets to where it becomes insensitive. And actually, it's pointing to the fact that they have to have more powerful encounters, more powerful encounters, because every time they keep pushing away the presence of the Lord in their life, what happens is the layer gets thicker and thicker and thicker, and then they get to the point where they can't perceive any spiritual reality. Um, I know that um, Paul and I haven't ta- Paula and I have not talked about this, but she'll enjoy this conversation. I'm always amazed by people that are just blazing in the kingdom, and then 20 years later, they've rejected the Lord, and they're way off over here doing who knows what. And do you guys ever look at that and go, how does that happen? (laughs) This is how that happens. This isn't just for people that don't know the Lord. The passage is talking about that, but this is something that's going on. You have it actually picked up in Hebrews later on, and it says, today if the Lord speaks to you, do not harden his heart like they did in the wilderness where they tested the Lord. Let's keep moving on. They have hardened their hearts so they would not see with their eyes and perceive with their hearts. So let's take the word perceive. What does that actually mean? It means that their ability to connect the dots, they've lost it. They, they can't work through what they've seen and connect it to what's the source of that or what does that actually mean in my life. Um, again, remember the early days of getting with the Lord? You were just amazed that God actually showed up, but you didn't know what he was doing and you had no wisdom of where he was going. Well, as you walk with the Lord doing these things in your life, you should begin to grow into a place of perceiving not only the hand of the Lord, but the ways of the Lord. 
you know his nature, you can say, well, I know why God does this because I can now perceive. My eyes are clear and my ability to see what he's doing makes me whole, which we're going to get into the passage here. And when I have wholeness as a standard of my soul, I can be led by the Lord in any situation because I'm sensitive to him and I'm responding to him. All right, so the ability to perceive means that you, you can sense God, you ready, in everything. Now, when we first start out in our walk with the Lord, we see God as a God of events. Have you guys recognized that? So we have events, and we go there, and we say, God's at that event. And then we go there, and God knocks us on the ground, and we think it's that event. And then as you become more, or your heart becomes be more restored to the way the kingdom works, all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait a minute, it had nothing to do with the event. It had to do with my heart began to yearn for him. And now, if I create that as a standard of a lifestyle, everywhere I go, I'll find him. Because he's everywhere doing everything. And so, thanks, Bob. <laughs> and so the Bible is now saying, if you, what's the signs of not having a hard heart? The ability to see God in everything. And I'm not talking about pantheism. I'm talking about the ability to recognize that God is always working in everything. And the whole heart, which the passage gets onto, the whole heart, the heart that is whole, can begin to see the moving of God in his creation consistently. Let's keep moving on in the passage. This is kind of interesting. It says that uh, they cannot see with their eyes or perceive with their hearts. Okay. So you guys realize there are different words for the term heart here. This actually has to do with, ready? Their intelligence, their volition, and their, intelli- and their ability to perceive it. And so here God is saying, look, if you have this going on in your heart and you're not perceiving it, you will not be able to recognize it. What will happen is your intellect will actually be affected by it and your ability and your volition to walk with the Lord will actually become stagnant. So isn't that amazing? It's actually telling you that the process of hardening of heart is like taking you and sticking you in mud. It actually freezes you until God actually begins to heal you of this. Now, isn't this amazing? God has just done a bunch of miracles in a group of people, and a whole group of people have said, I don't like that, or I don't see the Lord in that. And the Lord is now addressing this, and he's saying, well, this is a fulfillment of a word I gave through Isaiah that... Here they are, they're actually able to see, but they don't perceive anything. They're able to hear, but they don't actually hear the way they're supposed to. And what's going on is a hardening effect is coming upon them now to where anything that I do, I have to come in more intense ways among them because they're now stuck. Their heart is full of smoke, and outside of me touching them, they're not moving forward anymore. And interesting enough, which I, I went through when I was reading John chapter 12, it said they, they did not believe. Now, let's work through that so I can finish up with the passage. There's two forms of unbelief in Scripture. One form, Greek word, actually means open rebellion to the Lord. Another one means ignorance to the Lord. Okay, The word that was used before these prophecies were given, when it said, and it was fulfilled through Isaiah, the word for unbelief is the rebellious resistance of the Lord. 
So that actually means that you watch God move in front of you and you say, that's not God. And the minute that that happens, the heart becomes hard. Now, what about being somewhere and God moves and you don't understand it? Is that the same form of unbelief? No. So which one does God resist? He resists the proud and not the ignorant. Now, how many of you come into some situation where God's moving and you go, I don't know why he's doing this? Do you guys, you guys realize that God has no problem with that? But hasn't he answered all your questions? So he doesn't have problems with ignorance, does he? He has problems with rebellious unbelief. And um, guys ready? There's two ways to heal a hard heart. Now, one of them I'm going to share with you, don't go this direction. Okay? Go, and I'm going to give you how to heal your hard heart, if you ever recognize you have one. The first way that God deals with a hard heart, uh, most of us don't like this, but it's reality, is if you're stuck in the mud, God decides that the only way to get you unstuck so that you'll stop resisting him is he'll allow all the pressures of the world just to come on top of you to where you have to come to the end of yourself. That's the one I would encourage you. Don't go that direction, okay? And it's, it's miserable. Um, do any of you come from a family where you'd say, my family's really stubborn? I was amazed at that response. <laughs> so some of you must. If you come from a stubborn family, you've been taught from childhood how to resist. And so if, you ever, if you're around stubborn families, there's actually this really neat fruit they produce all the time. Have you guys ever watched them? They have almost constant chaos in their life because the Lord is trying to bring pressure on them to stop resisting him. Okay, so how do you, that's the first way. Ignore it, and it's just going to get worse. <laughs> so what's the second way? How do, how do you get out of? What if, I, what if I come into a situation like I need to get a breakthrough in some area, and I know my heart can't receive it? So how do I deal with a hard heart in my own life? Now, actually, the way I'm going to tell it to you is going to actually surprise you, but it's the way of the kingdom. The way I break through it is I actually cultivate the kingdom in my soul, and it will lift the smoke or lighten the hard-heartedness. So what is the culture of the kingdom? I intentionally, even when I'm hard, develop a lifestyle of thankfulness. As I do that, I am nurturing my soul with the atmosphere of the kingdom and it's bringing into right alignment to begin to perceive again. Have any of you ever been in a difficult place and then everyone tells you, well, you've got to learn to thank the Lord? And you're like, no, I, I, why would I thank the Lord for this situation? The Bible's telling you because you're not understanding what's going on. God is trying to move you. He's wanting your heart to come into alignment with him. So if you begin to thank him for simple things, what will happen is you were wired by God. Your natural tendency in your soul is to become thankful and when you do, thankfulness transcends the temporal and reaches the eternal. 
And it's all of a sudden, it's like you're plugging into heaven when you become thankful. And the minute you plug into heaven, that's where all the wholeness of God is at. And that wholeness begins to seep into you and begins to lift hardness off. Oh, thank you. I'm hoping by the time I get done with this, I get 10 people to say, oh, that was awesome. So let's keep going on. But let's go back to the passage. Not seeing with their eyes, perceiving with their hearts. And then he says this, to be converted and I would heal him. So what does it mean to be converted? Uh, is he talking about salvation here? Okay, now this is funny. This word converted means, are you guys ready? The change of orientation or direction. So God is telling him this. If they do not resist the Lord, God will change their orientation or their direction. What does that mean for me? Okay, the Bible is really straightforward when it comes to you and it, and it starts talking to you about direction and paths that you can walk on. So here, the Spirit of the Lord is doing something. I can't perceive what it is, or I've heard my heart, and I said, I, I don't want to do this anymore with the Lord or any of that kind of stuff. The Lord will say, well, if you begin to nurture this thing, what will happen is I'll come in and I'll convert you. And that doesn't mean you're getting saved every week. It actually means God is taking you from the wrong path and putting you on the right path. And all of a sudden, when we talk about this word orientation in Scripture, you guys remember orientation when you went to school? It wasn't so that you would get information. It would actually be, are you guys ready? It's the idea that you're being changed into a healthy environment. So think about the reality that the Lord is, and that's why he uses the term, and I would heal you. When you begin to turn and, and, and just begin to get, let the atmosphere of heaven, what God does is he doesn't just connect you with him, this is kind of fascinating. It's like you're put in a tornado of grace. And everything that was surrounding you that kept you from hardening your heart, the, the tornado of grace is now engaging it. And you're not only being shifted in your orientation, everything around you is now being affected by it so that you stop falling into hardness. It literally puts you, now think about how it's hard to give illustrations like this. It's like being put on a path with a tornado following you everywhere you're going. <laughs> so you're, you're uh, let's see if I could say this. I'm trying to think of some idea off the top of my head. Uh, they had this movie called Aquaman. Do you guys remember this? Okay, three people saw it. Good. And there was this, this princess that was helping him right? And when she wanted to talk to him, she would go like this with her hands, and she'd create this place where they would be in an air bubble. And then she'd have a talk with them, and then she didn't want to talk. She'd lift her hands, and everyone would get flooded with water so they couldn't have a conversation. You guys remember that? <laughs> All right, well, that's kind of the idea, but think of it the other way. You're not being surrounded with a bubble of air. You're being surrounded with the grace of God, and nothing can penetrate that to actually head you to hard hardness while you're now being nurtured from it. And that's why it says they become converted and I'll heal them. So let's look at the last part. Restored to the original state of wholeness. 
That's what this Greek word for healing means. Now, there's several Greek words for healing. This one is very intentional. It's saying, all right, people that are in a hard heart, they're not just having a prideful attitude in their heart. The Bible's actually trying to go to a deeper problem. This attitude that resists the Lord, if I could say it properly, is a form of wounding in the heart that doesn't perceive God correctly, twist him in their mind, and they take the characteristic of the enemy, and they place it on God, and they take the characteristics of God, and they place it on the enemy. And they're messed up in perceiving reality. And the Bible is now coming and saying, if you want your heart to see God properly, nurture it, and all of a sudden, this transformation is going to happen, and wholeness is going to come in you, and instead of resisting God, now you're in a pursuit of Him because you real recognize He is where wholeness and life is at. Oh, great. I got, I got another one on the other side of the room. I'm feeling better. <laughs> okay. So why am I bringing this up? Why are we talking about this now? Um, think about everything that's going on in life right now in your life and what's going on in our country right now. I actually believe that most of the nation has had God put stress on them to break a hard heart. And God now is wanting to get people to not only be broken free from hard-heartedness, he's going to start moving among us again. And he wants us, his people, to not resist what he's doing in the days that are coming. He's going to show up. Uh, it's almost, I sound like a broken record. I, I hope Paula gives you some of this while I'm not here with you. I believe the Lord is going to show up in more grace and more power in the days ahead. And we've got to get comfortable with this fact that he has no problem doing this. And he wants us to be a people that reflect his wholeness while he's doing this in the midst of us. He's on a pursuit for his own people not to have a hard heart towards him. He's trying to call us, don't miss what I'm doing by what I'm doing uh, by what's going on in the planet. And are you guys aware of this just like I am? I, I could tell this in my own life. When stuff's going on on the planet, it takes a while for the Lord to have a conversation with me and get me straightened out to actually see what's going on in the midst of me. And I'm telling you, all of last year wasn't for you to figure out how to be oppressed. All of last year was to prepare you to get ready for what's coming now. Um, I guess a good question. How many of you reevaluated your life over the last year? How many of you had the Lord actually have what I would call an eternal conversation with you moving forward on how he wants you to look at things? Have you guys had that kind of thing going on? Now, think about why was God doing that? God was dealing, I actually believe, with the whole entire church in the world because the whole world had to deal with to get ready for the next thing that was coming. God had to take idols out of our hearts. God had to bring a leanness to us so that we would stop resisting him and create a hunger for all of God. Not part of him, all of him. 
And that's what we've been going through a process. So as me talking to you and us dealing with this scripture, recognize God has taken us through a process so that we would not resist him. Now, would you guys join me in prayer? Lord, I just want to thank you for all of last year. Even into this year, I just thank you for this process. I thank you that you're going to turn all things towards good. I thank you that you are in the midst of us. And Lord, I ask that a healing, nurturing would come over us by the Father's embrace inside our souls right now. Anywhere where there's been an area where you're trying to point to hard-heartedness and we're not getting us would you begin to address us in this? Any area where we've become weary because of hardness, would you bring a refreshing to us? And I ask that life, literally like a tornado of the grace of God, would engage us right now inside our soul. And I ask that we, our orientation would now change, Lord, to wholeness. Let wholeness fill us. Okay, so I'm going to try to process with you. I was about to just end, but I feel like the Lord wants to stay with us for a minute, okay? Anywhere where you've had fear over the last year, the Lord wants you to turn that over to him. I'm not going to ask you what it is, but let's just take a moment. If you've been afraid of something over the last year, God wants you to hand that to him. Because it's being used by the enemy for you to resist the Lord. All right? So let's just pray real quick. Holy Spirit, anywhere where we have held on to fear, we bring this before you. And we hand it to you, Lord. It's yours. It's not ours. It's yours. And we ask that you would come and break the power of that, that access point inside of us, and heal us in that area. So there's no access to that inside of us. And now, Lord, not only would you seal the work that you're doing in them, I ask that you would build a fortification of your love, your mercy, and your hope inside of them in that area. Don't just let it be resolved. Give us victory in that area, Lord. Give us your life. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name. All right, let's just do a general prayer. If you have any infirmities in your body, please just stand. If you're able to do that, let's pray for you. Uh, Put your hands out and just receive from the Lord. Holy Spirit, bring your power now. Bring your presence
In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I break the power of pain, infirmity, and weakness off of you. In the name of Jesus. Now, Holy Spirit, wherever they are dealing with weakness and infirmity and disease, bring your healing presence upon it right now. In the name of Jesus. Move their body back into wholeness, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now just wait on the Lord. I thank you, Lord. Increase your power. Increase your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I bless your name. Bless your name, Lord. More power. Let's command restriction to lift off of them in the name of Jesus. Now, any words that have been spoken towards their body that they will not be restored, I break the power of those words right now. And I command life and a quickening to be released inside of them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, mighty one. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Um, what's your name? Kate, would you stand, please? Uh, do you mind putting your hands out like it's Christmas? Thank you. Holy Spirit, bring your power and your presence around Kate. In the name of Jesus Christ. So during worship, though I actually watched the Lord walk right up to you and just kind of point at you and, and say a couple things. And so the first thing was this. You have this creativity that Jesus has given you. This is part of who you are. The Lord is going to, and you actually have a paradox going on inside of you because you're highly creative. The Lord is going to use that, but there's also a leadership gift that's actually resting on your life. And so the Lord is going to bring both of them together. And you're going to be used by creativity to start kind of a, a new thing in the kingdom where through your leadership and through your creativity, a lot of people are going to be touched by the healing presence of the Lord. And God wants you to prepare yourself because God is going to start visiting you while you sleep and not only touch you with his healing presence, but he's going to give you his wisdom and his strategy on how to do this incredibly creative thing that he's bringing about in your life. Does that make any sense to you? Okay, so just put your, uh, put your hands up like this, if you wouldn't mind. So get her, God. In the name of Jesus, just bring your power. And we just come into alignment with you, Lord. Open a door that no one can shut, and we command any resistance towards her destiny. We break the power of that right now, and we command her to come into it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I command your blessing upon her right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Is someone here named Tammy or related to someone named Tammy? Who is she? Okay, so I got her name, so would you mind just standing for her, and let's pray. I felt like the Lord told me that for Tammy, she needs a breakthrough in her life, and the Lord said he was actually going to visit her and break her free. So let's pray for that. Does that make any sense? Okay, so Holy Spirit, come to, to Tammy right now. Now, we do not have to be in the room with her. We understand proximity according to your kingdom, so we're going to come in alignment with your word right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we Break oppression over Tammy. We release the blessing of the Lord upon her, and we command her finances and her health to come into alignment right now 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. All right. Guys, receive the blessing of the Lord, okay? Holy Spirit, come in more power. Don't let us leave here without a fullness of your anointing. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face to you and give you shalom. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.